0: Beautiful Anonymous is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Hello to everybody who's jumping out the garbage can. It's beautiful, anonymous. One hour, one phone call. No names, no holds barred.
1: I'd rather go one-on-one. I think it'll be more fun. And I'll get to know you and you'll get to know
0: Hello, everybody. It's Chris Gathard, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Beautiful Anonymous. And first things first, got to say it, um, what a hard week. What a hard week. We all are sitting here going, man, wait till 2020's done. I can't wait. And then first week, the United States Capitol is overrun. It, it's insanity. It's hard. It's stressful. And I'm sorry to anybody who's been out there just unable to get out of bed during it. I get it. And and I just pray that this show provides you some escape and some comfort. It's In my opinion, I've learned entertainment is not about my ego or getting patted on the back. It's about you guys. And it's about trying to give you something. And I hope it gives you escape right now. Sorry if that's pretentious, but it's from the heart. Gotta thank everybody who reacted to last week's episode. This was, of course, our caller who helped her father through the euthanasia process. And I saw so much feedback on all the platforms, and especially in the Facebook group. Really thoughtful discussions. Some people talking about how they've had experiences with this. Some people talking about how they'd never considered it from that perspective. A lot of people saying that they've never considered mental health as something that could be a justification for this. What a discussion and all respectful in that Facebook group. And some people who also, I think, rightfully said to me, hey, there probably should have been some some warnings on this one about all the talk of suicide. And you're right, me of all people. I forgot that. Sorry about that. Okay, this week's episode, you want to talk about escapism. You want to talk about being able to forget for a while. This is one of my, I think we got an all-time classic on our hands. Our caller was part of a harem our caller was with a guy who was married and she was also one of uh, four other girlfriends that they had. And man, she is able to talk about it. We talk about some of the dangers of that. I express some wariness about it. I express some, you know, I always try to avoid judgment on the show. We also, I'm not going to lie, we get pretty steamy at times. There's some steamy talk in there. And uh, most of all, we talk about how to live your life, be comfortable with who you are, and I think that's at the root of all of it. Enjoy the call.
1: Thank you for calling, beautiful anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello.
0: Hi. How are you? Doing good. How are you? Uh, I'm. You know, I'm. I'm good. I'm. I have a good life with my family. Uh, I always. You know. People are try, probably tired of me here saying of hearing me say, "Oh, I always try to be honest." But we are recording this on on the morning of Thursday, January seventh, twenty twenty one, which I feel like we actually just lived through one of the most insane days of American history that my my lifetime's ever witnessed. So I'm processing that. Uh, but that being said, overall, I'm 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 good on a personal level. That's my answer.
1: Yeah. I think I'm getting kind of sick of living through uh major historical events all within like a couple years of each other.
0: Yeah. I mean I'm I'm honestly sitting here going, if you consider this year as like one combined organism, I'm sitting here going, It's probably the worst thing I've lived through since watching the government respond to Hurricane Katrina in two thousand five, probably probably I, I yeah. wonder. I wonder if it's it's getting to a point where it actually might go back to nine eleven. Like I not that I'm trying to sit here and rank tragedies, but <laughs> if you're asking me how I'm doing, like that's where it's at. I'm actually going, what was worse? This this or when the government didn't save a major American city after a national disaster? Which was worse? This goddamn year or
1: Yeah, I have to. <sighs> oh sorry.
0: No, go for it.
1: Uh, I I have to admit, I'm only 24, so I've kind of, like, I, the first major historical event I remember is a little bit from 9-11, but I was only in kindergarten, so, like, I've kind of grown up with America always being tragedy after tragedy, and it's a little frustrating. Um, my parents are Trumpers, and I've been talking to them about, like, what happened yesterday, and my brother's like, oh, these patriot Americans, and I don't want to get too political, I'm sure they're, uh, I don't want to talk about that today too much, but, um... It's just frustrating uh, trying
0: to deal with all of that. It's just endless. And the game is kind of rigged because we're set up in a way where you can just choose. You can just choose to cherry pick things and call them facts. And this goes for every direction. We can all just go, I'm going to just build a boutique set of facts for myself And just let that be my worldview. And it's just getting insane. It's just getting insane. I mean, it's been insane. Not getting insane. It's passing a tipping point of insane. Anyway, (laughs) you don't want to talk about that too much. I would love to focus on something else as well. But every, you know, if we're gonna if we're gonna ask each other how we're doing on Thursday, January seventh, then yeah, we'll take a minute. We'll be (laughs) honest. And then I will hear more about the reason you called.
1: Yeah. All right. So I have to admit, I'm super nervous and I am, uh, well known for having done little icebreaker questions. So I was wondering if I could ask you two of those really quick to get past my nerves.
0: Yeah, I'm into it. I feel like that'll help chill me out too. All right.
1: <laughs> right on. All right. So the first one's very important, but so you have to give like your just gut reaction. Like, don't think about it too hard. You ready? Yeah. All right. What's your favorite color? Yellow. Right on. Like, like, what kind of yellow, though? Like,
0: bright yellow, dark yellow, like sunflower-y? Uh, more on the bright end of the spectrum. Like a lemon head. You know, lemon head candies?
1: Oh, right on. That yellow. That's where it's
0: at. Yeah. That's a good candy. Ferrara Pan. Those old school candies. You got that. You got your Boston Baked Beans yeah. from the Ferrara Pan Company. You got a lot of good candies. Anyway, shout out to the Ferrara Candy Company. (laughs) And the second
1: one, what's your favorite bridge?
0: Uh, The Verrazano Bridge. I got engaged on the Verrazano Bridge.
1: Oh, gracious. It's like that.
0: Yeah, it's my wife's favorite bridge, and it's a really beautiful bridge, and she's a nerd about bridges and engineering in general and, and transportation infrastructure in general. And every time we drove over that bridge, she'd said, I think this is the most beautiful view in the world. So we were halfway over that bridge one night and I said, you know how much I love you, right? And I I, I had a whole speech planned, but I just said, you know how much I love you, right? And she looked at me and went, yeah, why? And then I pulled out a ring and I couldn't remember another word of what I was planning on saying. And it was halfway over the Verrazano.
1: That's so
0: cute. These questions are really right up my alley. I can talk about candy and love. I'm
1: glad that I uh, <laughs> glad that I could come out uh gun to blazon. Ooh. That could have so- been phrased better. Anyway, um <laughs> on to the task at hand. Um I uh I was in a harem from the ages of eighteen to twenty one and it was probably the best experience of my life. It,
0: you were in a what?
1: Um uh, like a harem. I mean, I don't know if that's the best phrasing for it, but... Um, a harem? Myself like and...
0: Yourself and yeah, who? Yeah, like
1: myself and four other women were all dating, backslash married to the same man, and it was awesome. I mean, kind of like a sister situation.
0: Okay. Um, before we get to that, though, I don't <laughs> want to be rude. What's your favorite color?
1: Oh, um, sorry, I was drinking coffee. Um, like a greenish-blue kind of like more green than teal
0: yeah also what's your favorite bridge
1: um i don't know the name of it but um i was in southern california so when you're driving from like pasadena towards north hollywood just after pasadena on the left there's this really awesome bridge with all of these lights and stuff and they decorate it for christmas and uh when i was in college that was a halfway point between home and college so every time i saw it i knew it was halfway there
0: cool so what's it like being in a harem?
1: Wonderful. I'm not sure everybody's experience is the same, and I don't want to say that my experience speaks for everybody, but, um, it was really wonderful. Um, when I was 18, I had just gotten out of a really awful relationship and, um, was kind of floundering for any sort of, like, sense of stability. And, um, it was not something that I could really talk to my parents or family about. And I ended up talking to, uh, an online friend who was a part of the same, uh, very close knit community that I was in. And, um, it turned out to be the wife of the man that I ended up dating. And, um, within the next couple of months, him and I started talking a bit and she was super comfortable with it. And after tons and tons of talking and conversation, I ended up dating him also. And, um, it was really wonderful. It was a very awesome community. All of us girls were, super close friends and, um, honestly pulled a lot of pranks from that poor man, but he was wonderful and sweet and so supportive. And it was kind of exactly what I needed at that moment.
0: Now, so, so does that mean out of the four women in this, uh, sisterhood, as you called it, were you, so you were the second?
1: Um, yes, I was the second. And then, um, we ended up kind of sometimes trying to hook him up with somebody if we knew somebody was into that sort of situation and was very comfortable with um, what was happening. It was, like I said, tons and tons of communication, kind of more on the polyamorous side of things, of everything has to be talked about with everybody constantly, like, not constantly, but if we wanted to bring somebody else into the fold, it was making sure that him and his wife were okay with it, that I was okay with it, whoever else was a part of this relationship was okay with it. Um, But also it was just whoever the heck he loved and was really sweet to and such and vice versa. We were always very protective of him. And like, if one of the girls was being kind of rude or mean or something like really hurting his feelings, we would always talk to them and be like, Hey, like, what's up? How can we help the situation? Or should we just stay out of this? Like it was all very sweet and supportive. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, there's so many questions. Um, <laughs> I think one of the first ones that Wait, comes up, Well, one of the first questions that comes to mind is, is, uh, let's start with a light one. Did you all sleep in the same
1: bed? (laughs) Um, Not always. Um, Some of us went to schools in different places. So if we were all in the same place at the same time, we would do our best, but it didn't really work. It's too many people for a small bed.
0: And you said you were all in different schools? It usually
1: turned into like a cuddle puddle.
0: So was everyone around that same Sorry, age? Yeah. You said 18 to 20. I Believe me, I heard you say the phrase cuddle puddle. I'm not glossing over that. There's just so many <laughs> questions you have to. I heard cuddle puddle. I understand the imagery of cuddle puddle. I, I'm i not trying to gloss over that. Um, so it sounds like everyone was in that same age range of, of your traditional college age, if they everybody was in different schools?
1: More or less, yeah. Um, him and his wife were probably like three years older than I was, but... That's
0: not too big of an age gap in my mind, at least. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, okay. I'm just (laughs) trying to break down all the facts first. Uh, Another question I have is, it sounds like him and his wife married pretty young. I think the two times that you hear about this idea, right? So you use the word harem. And now the stereotype, and I'm not one to trifle in stereotypes. I think a lot of times when when Americans hear the word harem, we have this, you know, you think uh, Middle Eastern cultures. Who knows how true that is? I'm I'm ignorant. I'm just saying what the popular cliche is. And then when you hear about sisters slash wives, I feel like that's a phrase we often hear attached to um, the the sort of portions of the Mormon community that have have broken off to maintain this lifestyle was this driven by anybody's culture or religion?
1: No, just uh more of like a polyamorous side. But yeah. He was all of our primaries. Now, if you're familiar with that terminology, sorry.
0: No, I I mean I'm not, but I would imagine it just means that uh, like he's kind of the i guess is it fair to almost say like he's the sun in this galaxy like his gravity is everyone's orbit yeah, yeah, around that. Phase. now yeah when you think about that and then i also remember when you said you know if any of if any of us got kind of mean towards him we'd step in and protect him um you had said something along those lines. a lot of people are instantly going to wonder if this doesn't sound like something that's a little um I don't want to say misogynistic but very focused on the the comfort and pleasure of of this man
1: yeah we actually had a fight about a year into me dating him about it of just trying to make sure that it was also even for all of the ladies um I think it happened when one of the girls started dating another guy and he kind of became her primary and we all had to kind of shift our focus of like, okay, yeah, we need to realize we also need to keep ourselves a priority for ourselves. And like in our relationships, we will all always care about you, but also we have our own lives outside of you. And so we were able to kind of shift our focus from that, but also it was more of like when those fights became something that would affect all of us, um, it kind of turned into more of a group discussion. Does
0: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that make mm-hmm. sense? No, it does. It sounds, it sounds really tense. Um, uh, in that moment.
1: And sometimes and other times very very wonderful. Yeah, a lot of those discussions turned into really heartfelt moments of like realizing different things about ourselves, and like we were all very young. Um, I mean, I still am, but still. Uh, and we were still kind of learning things about ourselves and how we react in relationships, especially one that's more complicated like that. And um, I think it was well handled some circumstances, and sometimes it wasn't. And it was a learning process for all of us.
0: Yeah, and I want to—I want to just say this out of the gate is. I have a very steadfast policy on this show where I don't judge and I feel like a lot of the questions I'm asking are probably similar to the ones that people ask when when you do feel like they're judging these choices. I just want to let you know <laughs> I'm just trying to sort out kind of the logistics of how all this worked. And and I'm not yeah, yeah, of course. I'm not asking this with judgment and and you keep saying, "Oh, it was actually really positive overall." And I want you to know, I believe you. And I hear that. Um, it just sounds like something that I think a lot of people would assume that there's many pitfalls to. I guess that's a, that's another question. Is at some point this ended? It sounds like it ended about three years ago. About a lot of people are going, oh, I bet that ended in some like blowout fight. Is that true?
1: <laughs> no, um, I had fallen really hard for another man that was monogamous and I had kind of gotten to the point where I needed uh maybe a less complicated relationship as far as that goes I was starting my uh professional career and all of that stuff and kind of felt like I would made everything I could from that relationship and over the course of us dating all of us um we had several discussions of, for us ladies who aren't married to you, like, where is this going to lead in the far future, 10, 12 years down the line, we're not going to be able to marry you, most likely, and what? where does that leave us? Um, and I think they do still practice. I've kind of not been keeping up to date with them, but um, it was just something that I was ready to be done with. That sounds negative, like, not in a bad way, just... I was ready to move on and date another dude. That was cute.
0: So Yeah. I mean, it sounds like at the end of the day, you were young, you were experimenting. Overall, you enjoyed the experiment, but at a certain point, you outgrew the experiment.
1: Yeah. And that's not to say I'll never be in a polyamorous relationship again. In fact, the guy that I ended up dating that was monogamous after uh, a lot of talk of my last relationship and kind of the wonderful things that happened through polyamory, we started... uh, practicing polyamory and that was wonderful as well but uh i was just done with that relationship as a whole
0: yeah yeah okay so you got back into the game as they say i shouldn't say the game it's a lifestyle (laughs) choice it's not a game talk to me about polyamory
1: Right on yeah what do you want to
0: know well the first question is how much of it is about uh sexual excitement and i have to imagine that in 3 years it's not just oh cool we get to have five sums it's a 3 year long <laughs> thing um i'm not sure i'm not sure if you wound up living together uh, but i guess i'm wondering about first of all i mean i do want to know about the five sums can't lie sounds intr- <laughs> i don't know if that happened but i also want to hear about like what are the aspects of this lifestyle that you keep pointing to as the really positive ones that aren't just based around you know, the first thing that comes into all of our minds, I'm sure, is the the sexual side of it. So talk to me about that balance.
1: Yeah, well, I do have to admit, um, I did meet them through a uh, kink-based thing, uh, the original relationship. Um, We were all into a very uh, close-knit community kink, and um, I had... Been kind of watching this guy's interactions on Tumblr of all places, which is embarrassing to admit. But um, he was somebody that was really well spoken and talking about his experiences with that particular kink and how um, he hit certain roadblocks and how he worked around that and the things that he learned not to do again and the things that he learned really worked out. And um, I kind of reached out to him asking some questions of like, Hey, so I ran into this roadblock. What do you think? How would you work through this? And, um, that's actually when I found out that the blog was mostly run by his wife and her and I ended up talking a bunch. And later, um, it was like, Hey, we're going to be doing this thing. If you want to come and join and we can do the kink thing together. And that's, uh, where I ended up meeting him and we talked a bunch as well. But, um, so that one had a basis in kink, but, as the relationship grew probably a couple months into it, it stopped being about that sort of thing and really turned into the emotional aspect of it. And like you said, some of the positive things that really came out of that were the emotional support. Um, like I said earlier, I had come out of a really gnarly relationship before I got into this one. <laughs> and I was still dealing with a lot of that stuff. And I would come out of therapy afterwards and be like, guys, I'm so shocked up. I had to talk about this thing. And they were just there for me instantly. And if it was just sitting there and having tea with me while we scroll through memes, or um, kind of talking about what I talked to my therapist about, it was um, really wonderful to have people that were there for me that I knew always had my back, which I guess friends could do also, but in a more intimate way as well. I don't know if that answers your question.
0: That sounds nice. I mean, it. You know, I think a lot of people with a lot of people would say that one of the best aspects of a relationship is that you have someone to lean on. You have someone to be vulnerable around and you have somebody to, you know, who the, the initial expectation is, I'm going to have your back first, no matter what, and then we'll figure everything out. And I got to imagine having, having four of those people to lean on instead of one might be, it might be a nice thing if it works out that way. It was
1: pretty radical. If somebody was at work and it was like, I was going to talk to them. Oh, but you're at, let's talk, let's hang out. It was uh, really
0: nice. Ah, right. Where it's like, did you consider the other women, how did you consider, like, were they, you said they were sisters, but were they kind of your wives? How did you view them? What's that, what's that, what's that relationship?
1: Um, We weren't necessarily in relationships with each other as women, but um, it was more just like a best friendship of like, oh man, we're all dating the same dude. Like, this is awesome, like, Especially when it came to, like, oh, my gosh, I was trying to talk to him about X, Y, and Z. It's like, oh, my God, I know I tried to talk to him about that, too. And, like, being able to talk about uh, our relationships on very specific levels of knowing exactly how that partner would react and such. Um, But, yeah, more of a best friendship, I would explain it as. Mm -hmm.
0: Did you, I'm going to ask something so stupid, which would, would there ever be situations where you'd be like, oh, you, you slept with him on Wednesday, right? And then one of your best friends is like, yeah. And you're like, I slept with him on Thursday. Do you think we need to tell him that he needs to like get a better deodorant? Like there was a weird, like, did you have conversations like that? And let's pause right there, everybody, because look, I feel like I'm I'm good at this job. And these are the types of hard-hitting questions you've come to expect from me, Chris Gethard, over the years. Does he need to change his deodorant? We'll be right back. Beautiful Anonymous is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Thank you to our advertisers for bringing the show to the world. Now, let's go ahead, get back to the phone call. <laughs> Would there ever be situations <laughs> where you'd be like, oh, you, you slept with him on Wednesday, right? And then one of your best friends is like, yeah, and you're like, I slept with him on Thursday. Do you think we need to tell him that he needs to like get a better deodorant? Like there was a weird, like did you ever have conversations like that?
1: Yeah, there was a lot of that stuff where it was like, oh my God, like, did he change his toothpaste because his breath is not, like, working out, dude? There was a lot of dumb stuff like that. It was really wonderful. <laughs> and then when you would sit him down and tell him And then make the, the wife be the person to tell him.
0: Oh, so you would go to the Oh,
1: no, we'd make the wife do it.
0: So there was kind of a hierarchy there.
1: <laughs> no, we just didn't. We liked to make her be the mean one because she was more direct with her comments and we would be like, oh, well, like, you know, maybe just, like. This isn't the best choice for you. And she's like, dude, you just need to change your I'm like, Oh my God, thank you, you're the best. She's just the most direct out of all of us.
0: <laughs> <laughs> how frankly how frankly would you speak with each other about the intimate side of things?
1: Oh, like I mean, I feel like it's like any relationship. At the beginning we were all very tattooy around certain things. it's like, oh yeah, like maybe this thing sort of happened and by the end we were just super straightforward with each other. And, um, it was really nice. It's I guess probably the part of like getting to know any person, friend, partner, however, but yeah, by the end we were extremely frank.
0: See that brings up some interesting stuff too, because I feel like when you have somebody who's a best friend and you said you regarded these people as your best friends, I feel like one thing, and and I think a lot of people in their relationships aim to make this a respectful thing and aim to make this a thing that maintains that uh, sort of contract of trust with their partner. But you might turn to a best friend and say, I got to spice up my sex life. It's, it's kind of hit the skids. You ever been in that situation? <laughs> and you might turn to one of these people and go, I feel like it's getting a little uh, like stale between us. I want to spice it up. That's a conversation some people are comfortable having with their best friend. And you might say that to one of these other women and they might turn around and go, "Oh, really? Cuz shit's really been popping off for us."
1: <laughs> yeah, that's definitely happened. Um like especially when it's like when we turn to like, "Oh man, like I don't know, he just wasn't feeling it." And they're like, "Oh, we kind of did it. And it was awesome." And we kind of break it down of like, "Okay, like was it the headspace? Was it what we were doing? Like, what's going on here? And um, sometimes it was just like they were practicing different kinks together. And I was like, oh, well, let me see if I can integrate some of that into what we're doing. Um, and it was really nice, actually. Um, not all of us had the same kinks. And so <laughs> we wouldn't always consider that. But um, by the time it came to, like, really getting into it, it was like, oh, shoot, like... Let me grab some of that from your kink and some of that and it was always really
0: fun. So he was really open to most kinks, it sounds like, or a large number of kinks. Uh
1: yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> so either that or he was just very willing to make his partners happy.
0: So so okay. For anybody who for anybody who's going, Hey Frank, sexual talk is not my thing, I'm gonna ask you to hit that thirty second forward button real quick. So <laughs> So you might turn to one of your best friends and go, "Ah, it's getting a little, it's starting to feel a little too stale or vanilla with us. And then she might turn around and go, Oh, well, have you, have you you thought about putting his balls in one of those little cages? Cause I've been doing that. I've been doing some of that stuff of uh, (laughs) deprivation stuff. And uh, he's really getting into it. Maybe you want to get really into edging or some other version of, uh, of, of pleasure deprivation. Like, those conversations would happen. Yeah. Literally. Happened. yeah. Literally, literally, the balls in the cage thing, literally?
1: Oh, not the literal like, balls in the cage, but stuff like that, yeah. Or, um, oh man, <laughs> I'm so sorry, Sally, she's not going to even like, listen to this one. Um, Aunt Karen, too. But uh, yeah, no, it was stuff like...
0: Oh, Aunt Karen uh, turned she, this like, one off a long Michael? time ago. Aunt Karen turned this one off a <laughs> while ago. Okay, you were saying...
1: Oh yeah, it would be like, dude, I'm like, I feel like my blowjobs are not stuffed apart. And like we would literally just bust out some pillows and practice blowjobs together. I'm like, oh, you do that?
0: And yeah. You practice on... would Okay, since we're getting... Since now we're just getting <laughs> steamy. Now things are just getting steamy. <laughs> would there ever be situations where it would be like, I just kind of don't get it and the other the other woman just go, well, just come in the bedroom and I'll show you on him. Would that happen?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't think he was too upset about
0: it either. I would imagine not. I'd imagine (laughs) not. Now, speaking of that, I'm having this instinct, and I try to turn off the judgment, as I said, but I can say it's, it's brewing in me, at least a little bit. There's definitely people listening to this going when they hear that they're going, is this guy just some sort of smug guy who feels like he's getting away with this? You know?
1: Oh, I mean, Oh yeah. He, he didn't mind. It wasn't always, (laughs) I mean, pink wasn't always the driving factor, nor was sex. It was definitely real relationships. He was a big support for a lot of us going through different things. Um, yeah, like, it wasn't like we were just having sex 24 says, as fun as that would have been. But it was, maybe we would have sex once a week, maybe once every other week. And then other times it was just normal life stuff of like, oh my gosh, I have this big test coming up. And I'm freaking out. And oh my goodness. And just like, I right here, like, you totally studied this. And all the emotional support that comes with that. And uh, dating while people are in college and all that fun stuff.
0: So you feel like for all... I, I mean, this call's so bonkers, I'm forgetting. It was four total, or it was four other people <laughs> besides you? That's where this call is at. Four
1: other people besides me, so there's five of us total. So,
0: there, I said five-some before, but it could conceivably be a six-some.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> was it ever a six-some?
1: I don't like twice. God. Not always. It's kind of a... Difficult to maneuver six people was,
0: in uh, that situation. I was just going to say, how do you even find the room? How do you even find the space? Let alone... Uh, it's, it's, it's oh, like, yeah, and like the time and schedules and all that. It's like playing golf first, playing basketball. What it, down to. it comes down to scheduling. <laughs> it comes down... Did you have a shared Google calendar that would mark things off?
1: Oh, yeah.
0: What? Really? Absolutely. I was kidding. I was kidding.
1: <laughs> oh, no, the classes. Um, yeah, no. I mean, it wasn't just for like sex stuff. It was just like, yeah, no, it was just for like normal stuff. Like we had our work and class schedules and stuff on there. So like if we were making dinner, we knew how many people we were feeding and stuff like that.
0: So it would be like, this person is cooking dinner tonight. Who's in? And it'd be like, oh, I'm preparing dinner for four yeah. tonight. And then it might be like, Oh, this, Hey, if anybody has laundry to be done, these two people are teaming up on that this week. So let's do that. And then the next night it it might be like, so, um, we're going to be exploring the electro play clink, uh, kink tonight. So if anybody wants to see if they get (laughs) off on, on the purple wand, uh, get in on that, which by the way, is a thing I know about because for my TV show, We were once researching a bit in which I could be electrocuted safely, and we found out that there is a thing called the purple wand that is an electric sexual device.
1: Yeah, they're super fun. Oh,
0: you've used the purple wand? I've never met anybody who's actually used the purple wand.
1: Yeah, a lot of stuff like that. I mean, when you have six very sexual and kinky people in the same space, Sometimes even if none of us are into it, it's like, oh shoot, like we got to at least try it, right? And <laughs> out comes the purple one.
0: How does the purple one? I hear it's very expensive because even with our TV show, that was when we were in public access, we had no budget. I'm like, oh, I can't spend like 400 bucks on a sex device to electrocute myself once. How does it work exactly?
1: Um, I don't know because I kind of didn't want to be the person doing it, but it's like little shocks. I don't know. It wasn't my thing. It was fun to play with and watch, though. We actually borrowed ours from another kinky friend. Where it was like, look, we're not gonna like invest in this unless we know we really want it. When you're borrowing, a, it was fun. When
0: you're borrowing a sex toy from someone else, do you wipe that down with rubbing alcohol first? Oh
1: yeah, super disinfect. Chris? Oh no.
0: And let's pause, everybody, because as you can tell, I am not there. Um, turns out, during the taping, my beautiful young son managed to unplug our router. Since there's a break in the episode. Anyway, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. on how you buy. Okay, everybody. Cal plugged the router back in. Let's get back to the phone call.
1: Okay, so I think the sex stuff was a little bit too much for you guys. We can talk about other
0: stuff. <laughs> I know. Okay, okay. Let me... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like you. I just restarted. Because people just heard a gap and you very craftily said... Oh, it was the sex stuff. And I stopped it. No, what it was, was that my kid, um, (laughs) Cal, just managed to unplug the router in the other room. That's what happened. (laughs) But nice try. Listen, (laughs) listen. Well, listen, you're saying, oh, I couldn't handle it. I might be a mild-mannered and nerdy guy but I can handle discussion of a purple wand and sanitizing it, sanitizing sex toys that you borrow from other kinksters. Is that the proper phrase, by the way, kinksters? (laughs) I think I've heard that.
1: That's what we've used, at least.
0: Okay. Okay. Good to know. Good to know.
1: Is there any other questions I can help you with? Well, it sounds like you were saying before that... Customer service you,
0: You were. It sounds like you were saying that this man... Mm -hmm. who had a wife and four girlfriends did step up. Basically. Yeah. Did step up and serve successfully as a boyfriend and husband to all of these people and fulfill their needs. Mm -hmm. That sounds miraculous.
1: He was really wonderful at it. (laughs) I don't know how he did it. He's very good at communication though. Um, I learned a lot of, uh, how i communicate now with my partners from him which was really wonderful and like even when drama popped up among the girls as is want to do when there's six people all trying to navigate something together um he was always very good at not picking sides and letting us work through stuff and like it was like oh my god i just can't stand her like she sneezes like six times in a row, and it's such, like so annoying it's like okay like what's actually going on here like I'm sure his fees aren't actually the thing that bothering you. Like, let's work through
0: this. And it was really wonderful. Were there any... I feel bad. I I, I keep asking different versions of the same question, and it's not fair. It's not fair because you're giving me the answer. And I guess there's just a part of me that needs to trust it more. But were there any guru-esque qualities to this guy, did you feel? Did you feel like there was any, like guruism or manipulation in any way
1: no not really um i'm trying to think if there was really anything that could have been a red flag but no like he was wonderful all around um i talked to my therapist a lot about it too because she had that same concern and yeah at the end of the day he was just a really sweet guy that had a lot of uh, time on his hands to handle a bunch of ladies that really cared for him Huh. Oh, she, you know, she would kill me if I didn't tell you this also my therapist loves you and says hello
0: your therapist what's that
1: my therapist loves you and she wanted me to let you know that she says hello <laughs> come on what is this
0: your therapist says hello how does your therapist know that we're on the phone oh yeah cause this okay full disclosure this was a voicemail so you reach out to your shrink you go hey I'm gonna talk together she goes oh I love that guy tell him hi
1: yeah, I got through into your show um, and we actually talk about uh, all of the like episodes when they come out and sometimes like how it pertains to something I'm going through and this and that. It's really wow. fun.
0: That's actually She's super meaningful. That's really meaningful and huge thanks to your therapist. I'm flattered to be uh, involved and helpful in any way and to any therapist out there who's working hard to help other people keep their head straight. God bless you and thank you for your service. I'll say yeah. this because I've asked the question about 10 times only because I feel like other people probably are. And I'm going to say this. If you are if you are someone in a relationship with five other people and it's emotionally fulfilling and it feels healthier than the relationship you were previously in and you feel like you're not being manipulated by this guy and that he genuinely has the emotional capacity to help fulfill the needs of uh, five Five people at the same time. I got no problem with that. Live your life. Enjoy it. And then you get to also explore some kinkiness together that might be taboo amongst other people, but you create a safe bubble where that's all okay. Go for it. I'm into it. Have fun while you're young. I've always said it. It's always been one of my main mottos in life. Have fun while you're
1: young. I absolutely agree.
0: You're getting a little older than you were you've mentioned that you, are you in a current relationship that you opened it up to polyamory or was that just a subsequent relationship?
1: Oh, that's yes and no. Um, so the guy that I ended up dating afterwards, um, we dated for three years and it was really wonderful that we both kind of realized at the beginning of last year that, um, we were better as friends than as partners. And, um, kind of broke things off at the end of February and then everything happened. And um both of us have a very close friend who is uh immunocompromised. So we're very careful about opening up our circle to anybody and kind of realize like, oh shoot, like I'm not gonna date anybody or I don't think I'm gonna find anybody that I trust enough to bring into the circle. So we're like not dating dating now. I don't know, it's complicated.
0: So like uh
1: He's a wonderful man as well.
0: So like platonic dating in a in a strange sense. Not strange.
1: Yeah. He just bought a house, so I'm helping him fix stuff up and he's just my best friend.
0: Where do you anticipate do you anticipate um Having experienced it a number of times, is this something you anticipate being a factor in your life, like one of your preferences forever? Do you see yourself someday settling down into something more uh, traditional, quote unquote?
1: Maybe at some point. um, I know as I get older um, and eventually have kids and such, I'm going to probably need something that's a little bit more traditional, perhaps, but um, as long as it works and all of my partners are comfortable and feel fulfilled in it, I would probably continue with
0: this lifestyle, yeah. That's awesome. And do you do you feel like your partners in your in your uh not just the initial one we've talked so much about, do you feel like you've ever seen a situation where you've been in a relationship where someone else um proves unable to handle it? Like they get involved, go, Oh man, I think this might be for me and then they go, actually this isn't for me and it's stressing me out. Have you have you seen that?
1: Yeah. And I think that happens a lot, especially um, when younger people are getting into it for the first time. I've kind of stopped. uh, I'm so mean, but um, I've tried to not uh, get newbies into the lifestyle anymore just because it is really stressful and weird. And I don't want to be that person that is shaping their experience in the lifestyle. Um, I think that that's very important to learn on your own. And since I've had... A handful of years of experience now. I forget what it's like to be
0: new on it. I can imagine. I can imagine you just go right because that's a different role. The the person who shepherds someone new in or accept accepts someone less experienced and takes responsibility for that. That's the word. That that's a responsibility.
1: Yeah, it's a lot.
0: Right? Because if you're not taking the responsibility to look out for that person, that is when it starts to become manipulative, I would imagine. That is when someone starts to feel a little used.
1: Oh yeah. And especially when it is such a complicated relationship, like I don't know. I don't want to be somebody that um leaves a bad taste in somebody else's mouth. You know, like I don't want to be that bad uh experience for somebody. Yeah, I get that.
0: I think that applies to every um, every relationship that develops into, you know, a romantic relationship or a sexual relationship. I I remember having that feeling distinct. I remember feeling like, um, you know, when I was single, I'm not going to lie about it. And again, hey, if you're somebody who's turned off by Frank's sexual talk, let's get it going. But, you know, I was a comedian in Brooklyn and I, <laughs> I, I was on a hot show. I was pretty well known in Brooklyn. You'll like, I think you in particular might like this. I once uh, met someone who worked at OKCupid, who told me that for a few years there, if you listed yourself as a fan of Chris Gethard, it made you more likely to get laid in Brooklyn, New York. That is a thing I was told. Hey, hey. How about that? Right (laughs) on. How about that? You feel good. Turns out that uh, me, a person who on the surface is very not sexual, uh, emboldened sexuality amongst (laughs) others. And I'm proud of that. But I also want to say that's just the thing that's true for everybody. Because I remember, you know, I was a comedian in Brooklyn. Brooklyn is a place where young people go, and they go out on the weekends, and people look to hook up. And there were some stretches where I was single, and I was I was a single person in Brooklyn who had some confidence and had some. You know, people would see me on stage, go, "Oh, what's your deal?" And I remember that where you go and you you wind up, you know, you go out for a meal with somebody, you're clicking it's clear that you want to go down that path and then it's not good sex. And then you go, I hate that. I hate that I was this person for that person. I hate that we just had this like not good substandard sex. And we're both just sitting here going, we oh, am going to sleep in a bed together tonight. now.' <laughs> uh, that yeah. And you can feel that you could feel that this other person's feeling that and you're going, ah, I've brought I I've brought the heat once I promise I swear you feel insecure and I can't imagine doing that in a room with four people instead of just one. Yeah,
1: um, I am also very much an overthinker, so that certainly doesn't help those situations.
0: Oh, I can't. Just being someone who thinks a little too hard, I, I being someone who thinks well. <laughs> Another thing that you might have unique insight in, because you're clearly someone who's very open. You're clearly someone who is very in touch with your sexuality. You're clearly someone who is not driven by shame, and I am envious of all those things. I am. Um, I just started getting insecure. And I do want
1: to say I am yeah. super shameful. <laughs> you are. I am not this open in general. Got it. Oh, so yeah, the, no, the I know I don't helping. just talk about this stuff with anybody. Oh yeah.
0: I wonder if you would agree with this. You know, you said you have seen people who wind up not being into it. You have gotten through experience. You go, ah, I can't with newbies. There's some, there's some red flags there that I, I don't want to feel responsible for. How would I put it? I'm going to sound like an old crank right here. When I was young, well, <laughs> when go. I- Listen, I am of a specific generation. I've read so much about it and it applies to me totally called Xennial where I totally straddled the line between generation X and millennials. And because of specifically a lot of technology, those generations grew up in markedly different ways. So when I grew up, up until middle school, it was legit. Oh, you go wander through the woods till you find a playboy. That was a thing. You've heard people make jokes about this. Oh, back in my day, it was pornography you found in the woods. It really was. You'd hear, oh, some guys had built a, you know, there's a fire pit out in the woods and then there's a bunch of Playboys under a rock. And you'd go, oh, is it true? And you'd be looking at a Playboy and you'd go, this is this is like the most titillating thing in my young life. And then by the time I was in ninth, 10th grade, the internet is here. And I the internet, one of the, one of the most fascinating things that I've ever lived through... Is the internet was this thing that young people figured out before the people older than us? So it was the Wild West if you wanted it to be. And you're downloading pornography, that's let's let's just say is way beyond a Playboy. Way beyond a Playboy. At an <laughs> age where prior generations, unless you were really seeking it out, you probably weren't seeing stuff like this until you were much older. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm wondering if you would agree that sometimes people have these fantasies and they get really into these fantasies and then you live the fantasy and you go, Oh, you know what I might actually just be into is, uh, is your good old cowgirl. I think maybe that's, maybe that's, (laughs) maybe that's actually very exciting in its own right. Have you seen this in the kink lifestyle?
1: Yeah. Well, so like you are saying, you're an Xennial. I am on the opposite side of millennials. I'm right where Z and millennial hit. Sometimes I'm Generation Z, sometimes I'm millennial, depending on who's deciding. Um, so yeah, I had kind of the opposite experience growing up where like as soon as I was on Tumblr, this is back when Tumblr porn was a thing. And um, that's really where I kind of found out like, oh, this stuff exists. Like these things that like I thought were just like weird little things, like other people are into it. And so from a young age, I was uh, able to have access to kinky stuff. And uh, a lot of my experience has been with younger people. I've definitely had some kinky talk with older people, but I uh, have tried not to reach too many lines there. But um, when it came to like kinky stuff, especially with my friends when I was younger and we were all kind of exploring this thing, we would talk about, like, oh, my gosh, did you try X, Y, and Z? kinks and then we're all like
0: yeah no that was too
1: much not about that life but yeah okay cool and this is uh, because you
0: do see it and and how old like how how old is gen z start is this high school is this college because you were in you were in college when you were living polyamorously so when you say you're growing up with exposure to kink and and that's that's just a part and again god bless gen z young people i've always said this (laughs) young people Tend to be right long term. When have you ever looked at a social movement driven by young people where you get a few years, you get a decade out from it and go, oh, they were right. That was progress. So I'm just wondering, like, from your opinion, you can't speak for your entire generation. Gen Z, is this just as you sort of grow into your sexuality, it's just accepted that there's going to be some exploration of kink involved now? Was that more specific to you?
1: Oh, that's a great question. Um, at least with my friends that I've spoken openly with this about, um, outside of people that I already know are kinky um, and from the kinky community, um, I'd say maybe not necessarily kinky. Like, like it depends on people's definitions of kinky also. Like, for some people, like, a little bit of, like, choking is super kinky and taboo. And then for other people, it's like, No, i want to be tied up and paddled or whatever so um i think it's also a spectrum like most things of how kinky people really want to be and i'm sure like uh, i don't know like for older generations maybe a little bit of light choking is considered ultra kinky so i think it really depends on everybody's personal preference and comfortability in that uh spectrum if that makes sense
0: now, how, how do you balance being so... You've described yourself as someone who's driven by shame and gets in your own head. <laughs> how do you walk between these two worlds? How do you do it? Is it part With of the Catholic excitement?
1: York, baby.
0: Oh, yeah. What are we talking? Irish Catholic? Italian Catholic?
1: Uh, non-denominational?
0: Non-denominational.
1: I grew up... Oh, this is Shinky Stuff, you'll love. Um, I grew up super, super non-denominational Christian, was part of the worship team growing up, was at church six days out of seven, uh, (laughs) all of that fun Ah, stuff.
0: Yes. Yes. (laughs) Oh, that's the best. Um, I shouldn't be just outright cheering that as much, but it, did. right, that fits like another. (laughs) Well, I guess it is. It It sounds like you might fit a a, a trope of not-for-everybody, I'm not looking to make blanket statements, but in certain cases, if you grow up in a culture that aims to demonize sexuality, um, not only is that going to stunt people's emotional growth, but it might mean they go, you know what? Actually, I feel a desire to dive in deeply to this and see everything that's there. And that's, I feel like you're not the only person who's probably like, You probably it sounds like you probably look at Fet Life and go, man, that's vanilla. And I bet I bet there are other people you've come across in that world who go, Oh, guess what? I grew I grew up super religious. I bet it's not uncommon. I hate to
1: admit it, but it's more common than not in the people that I've encountered.
0: You would say more than 51% of the people you've met who are deep in the kink world, more than 51% went to church six days a week.
1: Yeah, ish. Wow. Yeah, not ish, just yeah.
0: Well, look, so much better, so much better to embrace it, live it, explore it, see if it's for you than to... Yeah,
1: well, actually, I have a quick story to tell you, a little timeline thing but how much time do we have
0: left? We have eight and a half minutes. I gotta hear this story.
1: Okay, Okay. so I'm gonna make this as fast as possible. So I discovered kinky stuff when I was like 10-ish. Again, access to internet maybe wasn't the best uh, helpful thing in that situation, but really kind of got onto some sites I shouldn't have and then realized, oh crap, I can't do this, I'm too young. And then backed away for a little while, got back into it later on in my teens when I um, was starting to figure out my sexuality, realizing that I was bisexual. And at the time I was trans-questioning, I've come to realize that I'm just kind of butch. That's a whole different story. But I came up to my parents, and um, they're super Christian, so I did the whole Pray, ga- pray the Gay Away camp and all that fun stuff Oof. for uh, my entirety of my senior year, and was, like, working three jobs and doing all that fun stuff. And then I went to college, and I was still 17 when I hit college, um, but in September, I turned 18, and was like, all right, fuck that shit. I'm, oh, sorry, Sally. She's probably no, not listening, but still. Um so i went to college and was like all right i'm gonna get into all this sexy stuff and then went into the first relationship that i could get myself into and i got myself in a ton of trouble there with this guy that was really not the best and took advantage of every situation and like was dosing me with LSD, all of this crazy stuff really led to some awful ptsd and all of that fun stuff went to a shrink for a long time and then i met these wonderful people that showed me like hey kink isn't awful and it was wonderful and things have gotten a lot better since then and i have a really wonderful supporting community around me um with just the people I know in person and the people that I've met on Discord that have become a huge part of the people that have uh, helped me come into a more healthy sexuality. Long story long.
0: You broke that. That was one of the most amazing quick breakdowns of all time. And uh, to be with someone who manipulates you and doses you with LSD, which is unforgivable, there's no world in which... It was messed up. I, well, and I feel like anybody out... Th- I feel like I don't care what your values are. When you hear that, you got to go, I'd rather be with five other people in something that feels safe than go monogamy is the way it's supposed to be, and therefore I will tolerate being drugged by a man. There's just no world in which, which I can judge a lifestyle where you feel safer. When in a, when in a quote, like I say, I always say, quote unquote, traditional lifestyle. I don't want to ever use the word normal. Nothing's normal. You felt unsafe. You feel safer in a kink lifestyle. Great. I want you to feel safe. I want you to feel uh, like you can accept yourself in this world and that you don't have to live in fear over who you are and who you're with. Never want that. Now, yeah. I'm glad you flew through that because we have five and a half minutes left and you know I got to hear about these pranks you mentioned.
1: <laughs> I forgot I mentioned those. Um, yeah. Oh, man. Um, well, there was one time, one of the girls, her. she's so tiny. I think she's 4'11 and a half because it's important when you're that tiny and maybe like 90 pounds soaking wet. Um, and we had cleaned out one of the trash bins like, scrubbed and washed it because it was just super nasty and she got the brilliant idea to put on one of our like Halloween masks and hide in the trash can and make him take out the trash and so all of us were like making sure we were busy so that he absolutely had to be the one to take out the trash and so he walked around and like went to put the trash in the bin and she jumped out and he almost punched her because he was so scared she's like wait no 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 please me and um I've never seen him so frightened in such a wonderful way that sounds a little mean but it was funny
0: at the moment so there's
1: just dumb stuff like
0: that great pranks i'm a big believer in that if you're going to do pranks go all the way and pranks by definition are a little bit mean own it i love that (laughs) let's put the smallest let's put the smallest of the girlfriends in a garbage can (laughs) to mess with the guy (laughs) who gets to sleep with all of us what an amazing thing to be able to say you're going to be on your deathbed someday and I bet you're going to be one of those lucky few who goes, you know what? I have very few regrets. At least in that side of your life. I bet you're going to go, it doesn't sound to me like you're going to be someone who goes, ah, I suppressed my sexuality and didn't do this thing. I had a desire in doing. I think that's a healthy thing to say on your deathbed. I hope so. There's
1: still a lot of life to live. Hopefully. so. Hopefully yeah. I get some more, uh,
0: fun interactions with people I love and there. Yeah. And I've asked all these questions that have been like wary and I feel a little bad about that, but I also hope, you know, it's just because I'm on the phone with you. We're interacting and that makes me just feel a little protective. And I, I do, ju- and I'm not sure you've talked about this with your therapist. I just hope you also don't look back oh, yeah. and go, Oh, you know what? I wound up in a thing that now I have some perspective where I realize it wasn't cool. And it's making me feel icky. I just hope that never happens either. And it sounds like you were very smart about the lifestyle you chose. So I just hope that's not the case, ever.
1: I hope so too. It's something we revisit every now and then. My shrink's awesome. I love her. And we talk about it a lot of like, now where I'm at of living a more quote unquote traditional lifestyle um, and how that worked out and versus where I was in my past relationships. Yeah, I think it was really positive for how uh non-traditional and weird it was. It was also very wonderful.
0: I love that. And I think I I would bet that there's people out there in the in the poly community and the kink community who are listening right now and going, "Hell yeah, this caller represented us better than better than you, you hear a lot in the sensationalized world out there."
1: I hope I really hope so. And the usual stuff of I don't speak for everybody. That's just my personal experience and I of hope course. everybody's able to find a wonderful
0: experience that they love as well. I do now, with all that being said and me just going, Hey, this is sensationalized when it gets talked about and you've done a great job of showing the real human side of it, is it okay with two minutes left if I just ask you another little basic level sex question to go back to the titillating side in a cheap way. You Absolutely, me- let's go. Well, you mentioned that sometimes you and your sister, your sister girlfriends would say, oh, you know, maybe you should try this or that. Are there any sex tips you learned from one of your sisters that have become your go-tos moving forward? Are you willing to share them with um, us, like the to be community? Sexy like, is there anything where somebody said, oh, um, oh, have you ever tried, like, if you're going down on a guy, have you ever tried this where you go, holy shit, that worked. And maybe you can share it and enlighten all of our sex lives a little bit.
1: Um, always play with the balls. <laughs> Give it a try. If he doesn't like it, then at least you tried it. Always try something new. Even if it seems weird, make sure that your partner is comfortable with it and be weird. Have fun together. You guys are having sex. It's already weird. Be weird together.
0: Yeah, put a finger in a butt, see what happens. Not my thing, it turns out. But who cares? Try, <laughs> try your stuff. Try your stuff. i always start with a small butt
1: plug. Extra <laughs> lube. Always use more lube than you think you need. If you think it's enough lube? It's not. Use more.
0: <laughs> and listen, anybody who's listened to my first album knows, eating butt—it's been demonized for too long. <laughs> I tell you, we've uh, like got 20 yeah. seconds left. One of the hardest uh, days we've uh-huh. all lived through yesterday. And you have given me the gift of this conversation today. And it allowed me to laugh a lot. And I thank you for it.
1: Yeah, thank you for giving me a quick escape from work. This has been really awesome. And don't forget to be awesome.
0: You too. Don't forget to be awesome. And thanks thanks so much for for this conversation. caller once again thank you so much uh we recorded this the day after just an insanely hard day and you gave me a lot to think about you gave me a lot of perspective and you also did genuinely you made me laugh a bunch of times you're a funny charming person personally i thank you for it i also thank anita flores i thank jared o'connell i thank jordan allen i thank shell shag more about me at chrisgeth.com. if you listen on apple go ahead and subscribe pandora sirius xm app stitcher all those things find the version of that how you can subscribe favorite really really helps and hey if you want our whole back catalog without ads stitcherpremium.com stories gives you all the details thanks so much